family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, welcome everyone to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you, as always, from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. I want to throw a little plug out there for one of my sponsors, Sosby's Garage. Uh, anybody that's a, an excellent mechanic, he's looking for a good technical mechanic. You could not work for a better company or a better person than John. Uh, give him a call at 678-825-2127. He's on 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville, Georgia. Well, each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those served by Gwinnett County, and also some of the people that serve Gwinnett County. Uh, while all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, uh, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. My guest today is Ms. Renee Unterman. Thank you so much for having me on today. I appreciate it. Hey, a pleasure is ours. Um, you know, I know that most, I can't imagine somebody not knowing the name. So let's just go out here and just say, who is Renee Unterman? Where did you come from? What got you into the well, I thought that was a real interesting uh, introduction when you were talking about Loganville, because where's Loganville? <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly... I think you had a relationship with Loganville, didn't you? Uh, just a little bit. That's where I started off. I, I never had any intention in being in politics. I'm a former nurse and a former social worker. And uh, I moved to Loganville and uh, lived on a farm. And uh, got involved in Loganville politics. And I had no idea. I was a little nurse. I had never spoken in public. I had never been to a civic event, a, you know, a city hall meeting or a county commissioner meeting. Never done that before in my life. And uh, back in the day, you had to wear a pair of hose and a little bow tie and put on your skirt. And I went to the city council meeting in Loganville. And I said, you know, I moved out here, and I'm from Gwinnett County. I said, I moved out here, and there's no playgrounds, no nothing for kids out here. You know, what are you going to do about that? And I was asking the city council, and I'll never forget. The mayor was a gentleman, an older man, and it was all six men on the city council. They banged the gavel down, and they said, that's it for tonight. Wow. Little lady, you are excused. And wow. I turned around and I said, I don't believe I am excused. And uh, I was highly insulted. And two years later, I knocked on every single door in Loganville. And I was the mayor. Awesome. That's one way of getting uh, the meeting back in order, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? First thing I did was put up a swing set for kids. 
Awesome. Now there's uh, and things like Gwinnett County, and I know that uh, there's the same thing over in Loganville. Though it's grown so much. Uh, my trainer lives in Loganville, and there's so much now for kids and the playgrounds. I just want to get back to get letting those kids get on those playgrounds. I know the Gwinnett County. Unfortunately, very fortunately is uh, two years in a row they were ranked uh, number one in the USA for their parks and recreation through the county parks and Gwinnett County is known because of our acreage when we built Mulberry Park and we built Bay Creek Park and Tribble Mill Park you know there was a big uproar why are you building Tribble Mill Park it was nothing but pine lands and thank goodness today that we have those thousands of acres with a million people taking advantage of them well, one of the things I think is the most awesome part of our parks is there's a special needs exactly. place for special needs mm-hmm. in almost every park. Yeah. And I think that is just truly, if you just go and watch that and watch the special needs kids, the happiness on their face. Yeah, Bay Creek is their, oh, special yeah, needs They're unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me ask you this. You know, you call yourself a conservative. What do you consider would be the definition of a conservative to you? What do you mean when you call yourself a conservative? Well, I think it means what I grew up with, with family values. And, uh, you know, you harken back, and it's never going to be the days of Mayberry. But it is a, a family unit with a mom and dad, and I know that's changed very much. And a family unit is considerably different. But it's a good quality of life. It's faith, freedom, uh, the advantage to be able to go to school and become anything that you want to become. And I think that's very important. I think we've lost some of those values, and that's why I'm considered a fighter, and that's what I fight for. And whether it's being pro-life or um, some other types of conservative values, I'm very big uh, on gun rights, and it's very unusual to find a woman that can get up and talk about that Second Amendment rights. And uh, that's exactly why I'm running for Congress, because I am that fighter. The 7th Congressional District is a very competitive district. Trump won that district by uh, seven points. It's for Scythe and Gwinnett County. But everyone knew that we needed a fighter to be able to be in there. Uh, Rob Woodall only won it by about 500 votes. So uh, I'm the one that's going to get in there and duke it out and win it for the conservatives. Well, I know a lot of us are, were sorry to see Rob decide not to run again. I think you're probably one of them. But, and I did mean to mention that, uh, as you said, you're one of the candidates for Georgia's 7th Congressional District, mm-hmm. which covers us here. Um, what makes you our conservative fighter now? That, what makes you such a fighter? Well, I think it's the way I grew up. I grew up here in Gwinnett County, and, and if you ask anybody that grew up here in Gwinnett County, and there's not many hometown folks left but if you find out my history i was a great basketball player and i love basketball and Who'd i was play? <laughs> i played at burtmore high school awesome. and we were very fortunate three out of four years we went uh to the state tournaments and uh were very very competitive and i think that competitive advantage you know i'm, I'm one of the first women in politics in georgia there's been very few in the republican circles in the democrat circles there has been more but to find that competitive advantage I think it harkens back to my high school athletic days and it was just something that I was very fortunate to be exposed to but I do take advantage of it at every opportunity now well I can tell you this we need a fighter yes uh, there's because right now it's like a street brawl in, in Congress 
yes. between the Republicans and the Democrats and Well, I've and had liberals. a pretty good warm-up down at the General Assembly and fighting <laughs> with Stacey Abrams over the years and some of the other uh, Democrats that have been down there. And, you know, there, there's times when you want to come together, and that's when you're putting the 11 million citizens of the state of Georgia for the best interest of them. But at other times, and especially in the partisan times that we're facing now with President Trump and someone who can stand toe-to-toe and and shoulder-to-shoulder with him, I think it's very, very important. And someone who has that history, a known history of conservative values. A lot of people can get up and say they have it, but when you look at a voting record and you look at some of the bills that I have written where I have literally stepped out of the box and uh, issues like the heartbeat bill, the issue of uh, child sex trafficking, um, some of these issues that are very, very difficult to tackle. And that's kind of what is going to propel me into Washington and the ability to stand with Trump. Well, and you speak of some of those bills. I know that you were uh, had a big part in the heartbeat bill. Kind of tell us about that. Well, I'm very fortunate to, uh, when I first went into the General Assembly, I was in the minority, and then it flipped to the majority of the Republican Party. And over the years, I have consistently written every pro-life bill um, in the uh, state Senate, and that included a very famous one called the Women's Right to Know. And then I had to uh, make some tweaks to that, and uh, we printed a publication so that every woman before she goes in to have an abortion has to be given this pamphlet describing exactly what's going to be done. The other bill that uh, was after that was the ultrasound bill so that every woman who is going to have an abortion before they have the abortion, they have to have an ultrasound, and they have to be shown the, the, what it is they're aborting. Yes, yes uh-huh, the baby uh, before you have that. And hopefully uh, women recognize that it is a, a living, breathing baby and the consequences of harming that baby. So it was just a natural sequence that when the heartbeat bill came up that I had that long history and uh, I had that courage. It took a lot of courage to do it. And my family and I both... Uh, we we all kind of suffered the consequences, but we knew that the benefit and what we were doing was the overriding factor, and it's helping save lives. And uh, it was a di- very difficult, very difficult. It was the most difficult bill I've ever done, and believe me, I've done a lot of writing on different laws, and uh, it was the most difficult. Well, I know you were also instrumental in working on the uh, against the child trafficking and all that so tell us a little bit about that i've spent probably i know i have spent uh 11 years of my life the last decade and um i actually had a preacher come to me when i was in my office i was on the fourth floor of the capitol i'll never forget Uh, my secretary came in and said there's a preacher here that wants to see you now preachers always get preferential treatment but he wasn't from my district so he waited until five o'clock that afternoon and he came in And he was a minister on uh, Peachtree Street at Peachtree Presbyterian. And he said, Senator, do you know what's happening on the streets of Atlanta? And I said, yes, sir, I believe I do. I I went to school at at Georgia State, and I was a nurse at Grady. And I probably know as much as you know. He said, no, ma'am, you don't. You don't know that children are being bought and sold 
uh, just a few blocks down from the iconic Fox Theater, and they are being sold on the streets of Atlanta. And he said, it's a very bad scenario. And I looked up your history. I know you stand up for victims. I know you stand up for children. And I'm asking you to help me so that we can help the children of Georgia. And at that time, human trafficking and sex trafficking, nobody even knew about. And when I told my uh, Republican caucus that I was going to go on the floor of the state Senate and talk about 50-year-old men having sex with 12-year-old little girls on the streets of Atlanta, they said, oh, no, Renee, you've done a lot of things, but that's not one of them you're going to do. And they said, you are not going to talk about that. And I said, well, I'm going to investigate it. And if it's true, I am going to talk about it. And we are going to look into this issue. Good for you. Mm -hmm. And I know you did. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't realize is, is that we have gang issues around Gwinnett County, and really there's gang issues all over, um, and that, including a lot of Georgia besides Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had a chance to look into any of that? Or? Yes, I have, and, you know, it's really interesting to look at the nexus of uh, child sex trafficking, uh, the drug cartels, and gangs. And they are all interrelated, and it is kind of the underbelly of society, and it's things that you don't want to recognize. And when you represent a very affluent area like I do in Gwinnett County, you think that it doesn't exist. But lo and behold, it does exist. And it is what can tear down a culture, can tear down a society. And if you don't address it, it's kind of like the broken glass syndrome. Mm -hmm. If you don't take care of those windows that are broken, you're going to be taking care of severe consequences downstream. So uh, the gangs, and we're very fortunate, we've had a great attorney general, Chris Carr, who is addressing that issue. Uh, we put a lot of money, and when we say we put a lot of money, it's a lot of money into DJJ, Department of Juvenile Justice, and into the school systems, because that really ultimately is the way you address the issue of gangs. Well, I know that, um, and that's, that's a big thing when it comes to security, is the security for our county when you have the, the gang-related stuff, the trafficking the drugs and all of that and you're right they're all interrelated Mm -hmm. and in such a way that and it's such a tight-knit interrelation that a lot just a lot of people don't realize just how bad it is and quite frankly for years uh, a lot of people spent a lot of time covering it up making it and diminishing and you know saying it's not that bad we don't have to worry about it when all the time it was growing so I'm glad to hear that you're going to be looking at that some more and same with the assembly what's going on with assembly well that's a good question (laughs) uh we're kind of in a holding pattern we were dismissed on crossover day and uh we've been waiting to see the consequences of the COVID 19 and uh right now we're looking at the week of uh, june the 11th to go back we have 11 days to uh finish up and uh, it's really interesting to run a congressional campaign and also uh, work on the General Assembly issues. But uh, we're waiting on the Speaker and the Lieutenant Governor to come to an agreement. And uh, they're actually getting the capital ready now for us to be able to come back. And it's kind of like what they're doing in Washington, D.C., uh, the preparations of, of changing the venue. Well, I sure hope they get back to work, kind of like the congress of the united states i really well, hope we want to get back to work the senate wanted to go back on uh, uh may 24th next week 
and unfortunately we did not prevail. Well, it's amazing how the Senate always wants to go back to work now. It's just amazing how that split works. Um, we talked a little bit about President Trump, and I know that you're a supporter. Um, kind of what's your outlook on where we're headed and for the yes. 2020 election and, mm-hmm. and how that's going to go? Well, I think it's really interesting. If you look at pre-COVID-19 and you look at the accomplishments of President Trump, it's absolutely phenomenal where our economy was in the pinnacle that we were at. If you look at stock market, if you look at global trading, the economy here in Gwinnett County was just doing fabulous. And um, all of a sudden it's come to a complete halt. And if you look at his accomplishments after the Obama administration and after the Great Recession, he really lifted us up. And it was that business experience, in my opinion, that gave him that wherewithal. And you want to talk about courage. Now, he's got some courage when you're dealing with the news media yeah, like he does. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like after the COVID, of all the people that you would choose to help you get out of a potential uh, recession or depression, what leader would you want? You would want the same leader that brought you to the other pinnacle. And I have 100% confidence that he has those skills and those abilities that will bring us back to our greatness that we were. His theme when he ran was make America great. And I think it will be make America greater again when he goes back in. And I do believe that that the silent majority, the people that are out there, are going to reelect uh, President Trump overwhelmingly now because they recognize those skills. The business community recognizes his abilities, and they have confidence that he can do it. Well, I, I'm in total agreement there. Uh, we got a lot. We got a lot on the table. We got a lot of movement to do, especially after. Uh, shutting down the economy the way we have, which that's another whole other, that's a whole other issue, which I'm not too in agreement with. But overall, for the economy to shut down over, over this, but that's not my call. You know, yeah. above my pay grade, as they say. <laughs> um, there's a lot of really good candidates running, uh, and we've got good candidates running for the seventh district mm-hmm. on both sides. Really, mm-hmm. um, I guess my biggest thing is. What distinguishes you from your opponents, and what makes you a better candidate for this position? Well, I think you know where I've been and where I have been on the issues, and I have a voting record. And, yes, you may not agree with 100%. I'm not going to agree with you 100% of the time. But I hope the, not. <laughs> but the majority of the time, you can look and you can see that I am the conservative fighter, and you look at those issues that I championed, and you look and see that I stepped out of the box and I took on issues that no one else would take on. Um, I served as vice chairman in the uh, Senate of Appropriations, and when you consider a $27.5 billion budget and uh, the responsibilities in that experience, and when you're looking at coming out of a depressed economy, you want that knowledge. You want that institutional knowledge of someone who can make bold decisions, someone who has that courage to make decisions that it's going to take because it's not going to be automatic just like the state of georgia has opened back up and is gradual with the economy we want it to be quicker than what it's going to be but you have to have those policies and those regulations 
that will help carry the economy. I'm a capitalist. I want the market to prevail. I have 100% confidence that, that the business world will take back over, and they have to be given those leashes to be able to take back over. But I'm also the one that will stand there with President Trump and not fight with him in Congress. That will be an impediment to him to open that economy back up. Well, I think that's one of the most important things is the people on his side need to get on board with with helping and working toward getting this economy where it needs to be instead of, you know, there's just some of them that are fighting him all the way. And you really look at it, and he has done one hell of a job on this economy uh, after taking over four years ago. The thing that I like the most during the COVID, during a crisis, there was so much insecurity. And what I liked, and he got criticized frequently by the left, that he was just doing these news media's interviews and taking a long time because he wanted the publicity that's not true Mm -mm. people were searching and wanting to be educated and wanting a security blanket and wanted answers that right and i think he fulfilled that void and i think he gave that transparency and was it an evolving situation and sometimes were the answers wrong probably but when you we've never been through a pandemic like we've been through this and I think he stepped up to the plate, and he did exactly what was needed at the right time. No, I'm in agreement. Uh, I don't disagree there. There's, I mean, does everybody make uh, bad decisions and good decisions both? Look at Fauci. Mm-hmm. He's called it wrong every time he's stepped up, and, and it's just one thing, and then he changes it, then he changes it, then he changes it. Uh, and I really feel like the president is going on the best advice that he can get from the best people. And he's had the most energy. God bless him. I cannot imagine the stress and the strain of what he's been through and how he has withheld, I mean, how he's held up. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. He's like the Energizer Bunny on steroids. I know. I mean, the the guy never slows down. Yeah. And you have to wonder, when does he sleep? Mm -hmm. Because it seems like every time you turn around, you can't be sleeping a lot because there's a tweet comes out. And I know it's not, he doesn't have people do his tweets either. He does his own tweets. Well, I think what's amazing to me, I, I grew up in, in, in politics here in Georgia and, and, you know, my hero uh, was Ronald Reagan. And I literally worshiped Ronald Reagan. I've been to the Reagan library twice in California. And I, you know, I'm the first to admit that I was not on the Trump bandwagon right at the very beginning. No, I was not. But after watching him and seeing the leadership skills, you know, unequivocally, I think that he has done better than Ronald Reagan. And he has gotten us through this pandemic. Well, I didn't vote. I actually didn't vote for Trump in the primary. But I definitely did in the election, and I will yes. definitely do it And this I was year. there on Trump victory night in downtown Atlanta, and it was one of the greatest things. We didn't know until about 3 or 4 o'clock. Uh, in the morning and it was one of the greatest things and I never knew when I was standing there that night what would be the consequences of him becoming one of the greatest presidents yeah I mean everybody said he wouldn't be there then they said he couldn't do it right and every time you turn around he did get there and he's a lot more than just done it I know and if you look at that stock market and see where we were and I have confidence that we're going to go back there um And, you know, I think there needs to be some major changes when you start looking at the consequences of the pandemic and the market 
and some of the things about bringing production back to the United States. And our homeland security is dependent upon us having these products and not dependent on foreign countries to be able to get our medicine, to be able to get our personal protection. Uh, We have to bring that home. And I believe we have to bring manufacturing back home also. Too much of it has gone overseas and Americans need to be put back to work and making our own products. Well, that brings up an interesting, you just tagged right into something that I uh, guess we probably ought to talk about since you're going uh, hopefully to Congress is what you want to do. And that is, what are your thoughts on the China? On, uh, well, I, I sincerely believe that it needs to be investigated. And it needs to be investigated thoroughly. And hopefully when I get to Washington, that's one of the things that I'll be able to do. And when you talk about a conservative fighter, believe me, I know the questions to ask and how to ask them. And I'm not afraid to ask. But I think there are repercussions. I think there's repercussions to the uh, World Health Organization. And I think the president was exactly correct in withdrawing that the, that funding mechanism. Absolutely. And uh There's a reason why the pandemic was not contained in China and the withholding of information. And if you can't spread information about a pandemic, you have to wonder what else is being withheld, in my personal opinion. And it needs to be investigated and and to figure out what. The other thing is, I think these countries that have not assisted us, um, I think they need to be called to the mat, too. Um, And that's part of this investigation you know who was with us and who are our true allies and who are not our allies well i don't think we need to be spending a tremendous amount of money on the people that aren't our allies and don't like us and they fight us every time they come around exactly just like who and and look at uh, china's economy and how they were doing well off the profiteering of the united states and Mm -hmm. then they turned the back on us oh absolutely and those consequences need to be paid well i i totally agree i mean to me, it says a lot when you look at the, the facts and the fact that, you know, they, they eliminated all transportation out of the flights out of there to other parts of China, but pushed them out to other places in the, in the world and then got other people on board with calling people xenophobic and every other word you can think of. If they didn't accept those flights, why wouldn't they take them in their own country? because they knew what was going on from Wuhan. Yes. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm glad uh, we've got to have somebody in there that will stand up for this and fight alongside and and hold people accountable. Exactly. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Exactly. Well, when you do get to Congress, if you do get to Congress, let's just say when you get to Congress. Yes, sir. um, What are your top priorities in Congress? Well, my top priority I I have found out from being a state senator is my constituents and taking care of my constituents. And those are the people of Forsyth and Gwinnett County. It's a very uh, large district uh, based on numbers because of our phenomenal growth in Forsyth and Gwinnett County. But my number one obligation is the people of uh, the 7th District. And reopening our economy, of course, is the overriding umbrella issue. Uh, number two, I would have to say, is transportation, and number three is water. And transportation is because of our gridlock that has existed in Gwinnett and Forsyth County. And we are a major transportation and logistics corridor here, and we're very proud of that. We have to have more funding. One of my biggest beefs about transportation is congressional 
road funding balancing. And one of my uh, consternations that I've always had in the General Assembly is uh, these metro booming counties are giving the same amount of money for transportation funding as South Georgia that it has an out migration of population and it has decreased growth. So why don't we sit up here on 400 and on 85 and it takes me two hours to be able to get downtown when you're building the road to nowhere from Waycross to Vidalia to Brunswick to uh, the other side of the state to Columbus on an east-west corridor. Why that not, nobody uses. That nobody uses. Why not do it on a needs-based formula? And that's my biggest gripe about transportation, that Georgia's a donor state. We send a lot of federal dollars up to Washington. And unfortunately, our money goes to other states like California and Illinois and New York. And uh, that's also one of my big beefs about this covid uh, stimulus money that states that exhibit fiduciary responsibility and have a good budget and balance their budget every year and don't have enormous pension plans and obligations that we should be rewarded we should not be lumped in with california illinois new and new york mm -hmm. that have terrible uh we have a triple a bond rating in the state of georgia and we've had that we're the number one state in the country for seven years in a row to do business, we should be rewarded, not penalized. And our money, no matter what money it is that we send to the federal money, should be drawn back down to the state of Georgia, and we should be rewarded. Well, that I mean, absolutely. I know that uh, the idea of paying off like what's coming up in this next uh, round of stimulus that they're pushing is to send money to places like New York and all that kind of stuff, and that's just that's absolutely absurd. You got yourself there. They've helped you through the pandemic. They've worked on that. We've, we've put money into them for the pandemic. Getting you past your insolvency because you just are so crazy with everybody. We don't gets, need to bail out those exactly. states. Exactly. Well, I want to ask you one quick other question because you, you talk about transportation, and it's going to be important because I know it's one, one of the things that Trump's focused on is our infrastructure. Exactly. What is your position on trying to get our infrastructure through this country improved? Well, I know that it's desperately needed, and that's because I come from a background, a local government, uh, being a former mayor and being a former county commissioner. I understand the importance of roads and bridges, and some of our bridges uh, across a nation are, are in disrepair, and they've been neglected. Uh, we had the greatest generation that built those bridges, and uh, it's our responsibility to keep them up. The other thing a lot of people don't look at is in infrastructure is water and sewer. And if you ask me what made Gwinnett County the greatest county and one of the greatest counties in the United States, it has been our emphasis on water and sewer. And if it hadn't have been for uh, Wayne Mason and Jimmy Mason and Wayne Shackelford back in the day, uh, recognizing uh, one of the most wonderful uh, pools of water in the United States, one of the largest reservoirs in the United States, Lake Lanier, and building that, that circle around Gwinnett County that increased the pressure to be able to service with big, big water lines. We could not have had the growth. And fortunately, we have a global reclamation, uh, sewage wet reclamation facility in the F. Wayne Hill facility in it Beaufort. Awesome. 
where we have people that come from around the world, especially from very arid countries, to understand how we do that uh, direct reuse into Lake Lanier. Um, that is just phenomenal, and that infrastructure is just as important as roads and bridges, the infrastructure of water and sewer, and that capacity and that permitting process. Well, I've been up there to that. I uh, went through with Leadership Gwinnett and uh, actually drank some of the water. Yes. I think we were the last. I think a buddy of mine and I were the last two that actually drank the water. <laughs> you know, that was that. It's amazing. But I want to thank you so much for coming on. I could talk to you for another hour, but uh, our time is gone. And I really appreciate you coming on and talking about your position and what you think about the issues running. Well, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. And let me just say to your listeners, what an honor. What an honor to have been elected here in Gwinnett County. And I was actually elected in Forsyth County, too, as a state senator and served there for a short time. But just an honor and a privilege to be able to say that I'm from Gwinnett County. This is my hometown, and I'm the hometown girl. Well, glad to have you on. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you and maybe help out in your campaign or or just find out more about your issues and talk to you, how do they get in touch with you? ReneeEnerman.org, and I appreciate that. Oh, well, I appreciate you being here. So thank you again for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services and sponsored by Sosby's Garage, 3200 Bay Creek Road, 678-825-2127 in Loganville, Georgia. And don't forget, he's looking for a mechanic. You Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk to business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. And we also just might have somebody else that's running for a public office there. Thanks again to my guest, Renee Unterman, running for the 7th District Congress seat. And for our producer, Mike, and Miss Amanda over there hiding in the corner, I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.